No one has ever gone into heaven except the one who came from heaven, the Son of Man. Just as Moses lifted up the snake in the wilderness, so the Son of Man must be lifted up, that everyone who believes in who believes may have eternal life in him. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but shall have eternal life. For God did not send his Son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through him. Well, thanks so much, Nathan. Um, and again, kids, it's really great to have you in with us. Uh, hopefully, I'll be saying things you'll be able to follow along with uh, and hopefully be helpful for the adults as well. Uh, parents, kids, if you need, there's some tables scattered around with some craft activities uh, along to my left and at the back of the... I think at the back as well, uh, if you need something to kind of... Uh, also, for the younger kids, a, bit, a few toys and crazy area. But it's fine if it's noise. I quite enjoy uh, hearing children's noises in the background as we have church together. It's a great noise, actually. Um, and our kids' programs will return to normal next week. Now, I'm going to be speaking uh, about, this is probably the, one of the most famous parts of the Bible, actually, uh, and the verse in there, that, uh, one of the verses just read, was the first memory verse I think many people would have had, including myself, John 3.16. Uh, if there is one verse in the Bible worth memorising, uh, worth cherishing and loving, it's John 3.16, I reckon. Uh, For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish, uh, but have eternal life. Uh, It's a great summary, really, of the whole Bible in one way. Um, But to sort of start, as we kind of explore uh, what this this passage is about, I want to ask a pretty silly question. Uh, What would it be like to be God? Uh, What would it be like to be God, do you think? Pretty silly question, of course, because uh, how could we even imagine uh, what it would be like to be God? Uh, How could we know what it's like to be eternal, uh, to have all the power in the universe, to know everything uh, there is to know? Um, There's no way we can really understand what it's like to be God. The closest I think we probably get to that is, uh, I find, watching ants. I don't know if you've ever had experience of sort of watching ants. Uh, There's tiny little things running around. I think it's on the screen for us to kind of uh, have a look at as I speak about them. They're much bigger on the screen, of course. Um, As you watch these little ants who only live, I think, a few days, uh, then they're working so hard, but they understand nothing about the world, do they? Nothing about history or politics, uh, nothing about the economy. Uh, They're just working hard. They don't know know anything. So compared to an ant, I always feel big. I feel powerful. Uh, Knowing I live much longer than I almost feel eternal, actually, looking at an ant, knowing they'll probably be dead tomorrow. And I feel so powerful. I could take their life with my magnifying glass any time I choose. Uh, there's something about watching an ant. You think, ah, oh, I feel a bit godlike in this moment. Now, sometimes I wonder, is that how we think God looks at us, as if we're kind of like ants? He, he's so far bigger, so far more powerful. He knows so much more. Uh, does he sort of just shake, a head, shake his head, uh, kind of a bit condescendingly, entertained uh, by us, but not that impacted by our lives? Does God care? Well, actually, John 3 tells us that God's not like that at all. Not at all. Uh, he loves us. Uh, he really, really loves us. This very famous verse tells us that, and if you're familiar with it, many of you love this verse, be familiar with that idea, God loves us. It's very familiar, but stop and think for a second. That's pretty shocking. There is no reason for that that we can think of. Why would God love the world? Why? He's so much bigger. He's so much smarter. He's, he's more wonderful than the entire world. Why would he care at all? When you're struck with that for the first time, it's it's kind of mind-boggling, I think. Why would God love us? I know some people really care about ants, but surely it's hard to love things. They're so much dumber, (laughs) uh, so much smaller than us. 
Um, but that's not the case for God. He finds it uh, part of his nature. What I want to talk about today is how much God loves the world. Not just that he loves the world, but by how much he loves the world. It might be surprising he loves the world at all, but when you consider how big his love is, I think it's astounding. Uh, have a look here at the first half of John 3.16. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son. What's that, what that is saying is that God loved the world so much that he gave his most precious thing. He gave the most precious thing he had for the world. God the Father gave the Son, Jesus, the most precious thing to him he gave. Now, think about this for a second. Uh, how do you know if someone loves us? How do you know if someone really loves you? Um, there might be all sorts of people you come to mind. It might be your parents, uh, it might be your child, it might be a husband or wife, just a friend who you know loves you. How do you know they love you? Uh, there, there are different sorts of relationships with different ways to love, but when someone loves you, no matter the kind of relationship, one key, uh, key way you know is they're doing things for you or giving things to you that puts you first. It's putting you first, not them. It's costing them something, time or energy or money. They, they're giving so that you might be better off. That's a great expression of love. Someone helps you or someone gives you a thoughtful present that took them time or money, they're showing that they love you. They don't seem to mind, actually, that it costs them something sometimes, if it's good for you. And you know that someone really loves you if they give you their most precious thing. Now, have a think for a second, especially kids. Like, try and think, what's the most precious thing you own? What is a thing that, if you, if you had to give it away, it would really hurt you? Uh, something you'd just really, really miss. What's your most precious thing? I've, I've been thinking about this, um, other than my family. Um, now, some of you have seen my car, which my uh, trusty uh, 94 Corolla with uh, the clear coat starting appeal. It's clearly not that. Uh, one of the things I love about my car is if it gets hit or scratched or dented further, no problem. I'll just get rid of it. Not a big deal. Clearly not my car. So what, what is my most precious thing? Well, I think it's probably my watch, actually, is uh, what I kind of concluded. Um, it's not a particularly fancy or expensive watch. It's a good watch, um, but I wear it every day. Uh, it continually reminds me that I'm running late, which is very helpful. Um, uh, but it's also a present from my wife, Karina. It was just a really special present. And I think if I lost this watch, I'm kind of just attached to it. If I lost it, I'd be really sad. I couldn't really replace it. It's a one-of-a-kind for me. Now, can you imagine uh, taking your most precious thing, or me uh, giving my most precious thing away, Giving it away so that ants would be better off. It's a ridiculous thought, isn't it? How ridiculous. Giving my most precious thing, my, most, my wonderful watch, giving it away to make an ant's life better. God loves us, though, so much that he gave his one and only son. He only has one son, uh, and there is no one like him in the universe. You can't just go and get another Jesus. There is only one son, and he gave him away. That's how much he loved the world. It's a huge love. You think about how many people uh, that encompasses, billions of people throughout time, uh, throughout, uh, throughout the world, billions of people are encompassed by God's love. It's big. So it's amazing. But what's even more amazing than that about God's love is that the world isn't exactly lovely. The world's not exactly lovely. Uh, the Bible describes very clearly time and again just how much every single person has rejected God. Uh, we love taking the good things that God has given us, enjoying those good things that he as creator has made for us to enjoy, be it beautiful beaches or good food, time with friends, uh, visiting beautiful parts of creation, but never once uh, stopping to thank him uh, or wanting uh, to kind of have anything to do with him, actually. Rather, take the things he gives and ignore him. 
That's basically the story of most lives, nearly every life, I think. Can you imagine how hard it would be to love a world that's treating you like that? Ignoring you, taking good things from you, but actually basically hating you. Just taking good things, never saying thank you. So I was thinking about this. It's not like I'm giving uh, my most precious thing away for ants. It's more like I'm giving uh, my most precious thing away for something worse, actually. Imagine loving mosquitoes. Imagine loving mosquitoes so much that I gave away my most precious thing. So that mosquitoes would be okay. You think about what a mosquito does, it comes and takes from you, sucks our blood, uh, never pause to say thank you. Maybe that's what he's trying to do when he buzzes past my ear at night time, he's trying to turn on the light and grab him. Mosquitoes are not lovely. There's nothing good about them. And in fact, the way the Bible paints the picture is often the way we treat God is so far worse. How much more amazing is God's love for the world when we realise how God knows and sees how rude we are to him uh, and to each other. We do terrible things to others. And God sees it all. Still, God loves us. It's a huge love, isn't it? It's gigantic. And then you think, well, the biggest thing perhaps about God's love is what he does because of it. Uh, Sometimes we might say uh, or think that love is mostly how you feel about someone. And I think that's a big part of it. But there is something more important about love. It's what we do with it. It's what we do for others. So what does God do for the world? What does God do for each one of us to show us how much he loves us? He gave his son to save us. So here's the whole verse again. And I've underlined a key word, I think. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. Uh, The word I've underlined on the screen there, uh, it's telling us what God does with his love, what giving his son was all about. It's about saving the world. It's about saving you and me and billions of people who believe in Jesus. He's saving us from perishing. That's a way of describing death without God and eternity without him. He's saving us from perishing and saving us for eternal life. Uh, In the few verses just before this, uh, Jesus has explained that him dying on the cross uh, is God's plan to save us. That's what it means when he's saying God gave his one and only son. He gave Jesus into the world and he gave Jesus to be killed on the cross. His most precious thing, his son, was not just given away so that someone else can uh, you know, play with his favourite toy. He gave his most precious thing in the universe, his son, to be mistreated, uh, to be hated and ultimately to be destroyed. That's what it took for God to save us. See, if it was up to us without God's help, each one of us would walk happily away from God, day after day, walking towards perishing. But God loves us so much, he doesn't want to spend eternity without us. And so as precious as his son is, God the Father gave Jesus over to death to perish for our sin, for our failure. He did that so that we could be with God forever, enjoying the best relationship with him, to enjoy every blessing, every good thing, for eternity, no more suffering, uh, no more pain, and I assume no more mosquitoes, actually. To receive eternal life, uh, to live with God in his kingdom, it's actually so simple. All we have to do is to trust or believe in Jesus, believe that his death on the cross is the only way to be saved. Now, we've been talking uh, so far about the whole world, God's love for the whole world, But the thing I'd love to leave us all with is a far more personal thought 
Uh, the thought, not just that God loves the world, uh, but that God loves you. Uh, it's often been said, and I think this is true, it's been said that if you were the only sinner in the whole world that needed saving, God would still have given his one and only son so that you could have eternal life. I'm pretty sure that's true. God's love is gigantic. Uh, it's, it's surprising in its many ways. It's powerful, and it's also very personal. God cares for each one of us. Uh, we've already seen that in Henry's baptism this morning. Uh, this great truth of God's love for the entire world, it applies for each person, just like Henry. Baptism shows the love for each individual person. God loved Henry so much that he gave his one and only son for him. It's true for you. You could put your own name in John 3.16. I think it's still true. And I think this is good to know. Uh, some of you know this so, so well. Uh, but how good is it to be reminded time and time again that God really does love each one of us? If we have our belief, our trust in Jesus, if we trust Jesus, we don't need to worry at all what God thinks about us. We know. We don't need to worry about that day when we will stand before God's judgment throne. We have nothing to fear. And when life starts getting chaotic and things start going wrong, we don't need to wonder, is God punishing me? Is he doing, is it something, has God stopped loving me? No. Even in those times where we find our hearts wandering from God, we can be sure that as we turn back to him, uh, he's waiting to welcome us with arms wide open. And just like uh, we're praying will be the case for Henry today, uh, each one of us can build our life entirely around this great truth, that God loves me. He loves me with a huge, powerful love. So on our first birthday, I think there's probably nothing better to be reminded of. Uh, that's the reason we exist as a church, isn't it? We are here